There was a man who made a nether prohibiting benefit from anyone in the world if he would get married before learning halacha, meaning all of Shas. He then tried to learn, but he couldn't. So he would he would uh, he would didn't marry, so as not to trigger the nether. Rav Achop by Rav Huna tricked him into thinking that he could marry without triggering the nether. So he went ahead and got married. In fact, the nether did take effect. Rav Achop immediately made him dirty so that he should need to come on to other people to clean his clothing and then he brought him to Rav Chista to have the nether annulled. Rav said Rav Achar Bahuna is so great by making sure the nether took effect before having it annulled because he holds just like the Rav Nosen, uh, who argues with Rabbanon regarding Hafara and requires the nether to take effect before the husband can be mafer, so too he requires the nether to take effect before it can be annulled. Rav Papi said, although Rav Nassim and Rabbanon argue with regard to Hafara, they would agree that a nether must take effect before it can be annulled. Zaknamar, maybe we can say that a b'raisa is a, is a proof to our puppy. The b'raisa says if a person makes a nether not to benefit from a particular person, and he then adds that if he has this nether annulled, he should become usher to benefit from the chacham who annulled the nether for him. The halacha is that if he wants to have it annulled, he should first annul the first nether, and then the second nether. Presumably, it must be done in this order because the second nether does not take effect until the first nether is annulled. We see that the b'raisa holds that a nether cannot be annulled until it has taken effect. The b'raisa says the b'raisa is not a proof because it's unclear from the Brisa, which nether is called first and which is called second, therefore with no no raya. Mar says there's another brisa that can act as a proof for a puppy. The brisa says if a person makes a nether not to benefit from a particular person, and he then adds that if he has this nether annulled, he should become a nazir. The halacha is that if he wants to have it annulled, he should first annul the nether and then the naziris. We see that the brisa holds that the nether, meaning that a nether, which is like a naziris, cannot be annulled until it takes effect. The Gemara says that maybe the brisa only follows the view of Reb Nassim, but the Rabbana maybe would argue in this case and say that it can either can be annulled first. Maremai told Ravina, your father said that Rav Papi said that the machlek between Rav Nassim and Rav Banu is only in regard to Hafara. However, with regard to annulment, all would agree that a nether can be annulled even if the nether did not take effect. Gemara asked from the first price that was that was brought as a proof above, and which shows that the first nether has to be annulled before the second nether. We see that the second nether cannot be annulled until it becomes effective. Gemara says, unclear from the price of which nether is called the first and which is called the second. Therefore, there's no way to know what uh, what the price really means. In fact, the, the, the Gemara asks from the second price that was brought as a proof above, which shows that the nether has to be annulled before the Naziris. The Gemara said, we see that the second nether cannot be annulled until it becomes effective to Yufta of this version of Rav Papi. Zuck, the next Mishnah. Originally, they said that there are three women who have to be divorced and who collect their ksuba when they're divorced. The wife of a Kayan who says that she was raped by another man and therefore also to be with her husband ever again. Number two, a woman who says that her husband is incapable of having children. And number three is a woman who makes a nether not to have tashmish with any yid ever again. They later retracted this and said that to prevent a woman from making these claims as a front to just to force a divorce and allow her to marry another man that she may be desiring. So a woman is only believed to say that she was raped and thereby becomes also to her husband who is a Kayan if she brings proof. Also, a woman who claims that her husband cannot have children may not demand and force a divorce, rather she must ask for a divorce. And finally, the third case, regarding the woman who makes that nether, the husband should be made for the nether with regard to himself, leaving her usher to have, uh, have tashmish with any other yid, but will be mutter with him, with the husband. After the original ruling was revised, what's the halacha with the wife of a Kayan who claims she was raped with regard to her eating truma? Do we say that they required her to bring proof only with regard to making her usher to her husband, or is it even with regard to making her usher to eat truma? Rav Shesha said she may eat truma until she brings proof, because if she remains married and does not eat truma, people will say she is remaining married illegally, and any children that they would maybe have after that point in time would be halalim. Rava said she may not eat truma, 
And we're not concerned that people will think she's married illegally because they will assume that the reason she eats only chulin is because it's easier and more readily available for her. Rather than said that Rosheshes would agree that if this woman then became widowed from the Kayan, normally a widow of a Kayan who has children from him may continue to eat truma, but this woman, woman who becomes a widow, she would have to stop eating truma because the reason Rosheshes allowed it is to protect the children. At this point, if she would stop eating truma, people will say she was raped as a widow and will therefore not have any doubts regarding the children and therefore we have no chashash and therefore she would have to stop eating truma at this point in time. Zakhtamar of Papa said that Rava would test his Talmudim with the following question If the wife of a Kayan is raped, does she collect a ksuba or not? Do we say that the case of rape by a Kayan's wife is like the case of willing Zindos by anyone else's wife, because both of these women become also to be to remain married to their husbands. And therefore, just as a woman who is willingly Mizana doesn't get a Ksuba, maybe the same as with the wife of a Kayan, even if she was raped. Or do we say no, that the wife of the Kayan can tell him, I'm fit to remain married to a, to a husband. Rape doesn't make a woman also to her husband. It's only because of you, the fact that you're a Kayan, that I'm also, and therefore it's kind of like your bad fault, or your fault, or your bad mazel, and therefore you have to pay me my Ksuba. The Talmudim answered that from our Mishnah we see that he must pay her Ksuba. The case of our Mishnah can't be referring to a woman who is willingly Mizana because then she wouldn't get her Ksuba. It can't be referring to a, to a woman married to a non-Kayin who was raped because then uh, she wouldn't become Asr to remain with her husband. It must be referring to a woman who is the wife of a Kayin and the Mishnah says that although she becomes Asr to him and must be divorced, she still collects her Ksuba.